Ancient Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If there's one common thread, it might be that men perceive church as too feminine. We have to be aggressive in the world when it's appropriate. We are warriors. One, two, three. Warriors! You are a real man when you commit to study God's word and you commit to being conformed and transformed into the image of Jesus Christ. That's the biblical perspective on being a man. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome in, welcome in. My favorite day of the week. It's Wednesday, which means it is a witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio, which means Todd is not here. That's not why this is my favorite day of the week, but it is a close second. Now, Todd is out on campus today at Kennesaw State University, which is exactly where we are going to go now. Nurse Marissa. You want you like that you like that title? Okay, you want to you want to take care of people and be kind to people and help them back. Where does that come from inside of you? Um, I think it comes from my love for people and wanting to help people because I hate to see when people are like in pain and I would say since working in retirement home like helpless in a sort of stance. So I just love making people feel better. I get that. The medical profession. Do you know its history and background? Not entirely, but yeah, not entirely. In, in the West, do you know who was the instigator, the initiator of studying the human body, trying to figure out what's broken so that we could potentially fix it? No. I would love to learn about that, though. It seems cool. It's No, it's, it's very cool. Uh, it's predominantly, obviously, there were other folks, but predominantly it was a Christian endeavor. Christians thought, okay, this body is made intricately by the creator. Let's see if we can figure it out. Okay. Think, think God's thoughts after him so that we can understand it and maybe put it back together again. So, so really the medical field can kind of owes a debt to Christianity. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Are you a Christian? I am. Did you grow up a Christian? I did. And are you still a Christian? I am. <laughs> well, because, you know, there's a lot of people who grew yes. up, yeah. but they're not. Okay. So what does it mean to be a Christian? Why would these Christians, do you think, want to understand the human body so that they could help people? That's a good question. Um, I don't even know how to answer that. I would say, could you repeat your question again? So I Why do you think Christians were the ones who led the way in trying to help other human beings? Why do Christians think they led the way? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take you back. <laughs> I'll take you back to the Garden of Eden. Okay. All right. That human beings are made in the image of God. Therefore, because God knit you together in your mother's womb, you have intrinsic value by the very nature of being an image bearer of God. So whether I like you or not, you're relevant. Whether we've got things in common, doesn't make any difference. You're a human being. You're an image bearer of God. Therefore, I care for you. Yeah. Is that a good answer? That's a great answer. Thank you. All right. So if you would be so kind... Let's say that I approached you and I said, Marissa, I've heard a rumor that you're a Christian and I've kind of been interested in religion and God. And I would like for you and I give you my full permission to say anything you want to me to persuade me to become a Christian. What would you say? Oh, what would I say? Um, 
Honestly, I wouldn't push anything on anyone. So I feel like if they're not willing to do it, then I wouldn't, I just stop there. But I think people should just follow with what they believe in. And I, I don't know. I've never really countered that. So I wouldn't, I don't know what I would say. Right, let's, as long as we're on the subject of history, okay. I've, I've got a, a hint with what you just said that you might be pretty typical of the current philosophical age that we are living in. We are currently living in a postmodern world. Are you familiar with that term? Mm -hmm. Basically, truth isn't really knowable. It's really up to the individual to determine truth. So your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth. They can totally be against at odds with one another, but we're both right. Would that describe you and your thinking? Um, I, pretty broadly, but yeah. So as a Christian, you wouldn't say somebody else is wrong. Yes, I wouldn't say. Somebody else is wrong. Okay, how come? Because I feel like, like I said, my beliefs are my beliefs. And if people believe otherwise, then I'm not going to say you're wrong. But I might think to myself that that's just not right in my head. Let, let me let me just press on that a little bit and see if I can get you to call me wrong. Okay. All right, I'm going to try to create something super ridiculous. Okay, that can of 200 milligrams of... 200 milligrams yeah, of no, caffeine. I need it. I need it. What in the world? <laughs> yep. You're going to shake through... Okay, I believe, Marissa, that, that whatever that thing is called... Um, that's that's the um, that's God. Okay. Yep. And if I uh, drink six of those every single day, I'm going to go. <laughs> that's not the point. I'm making something up okay. here. If I drink six of those a day, then I'm going to spend eternity in Hawaii, where those things are made, where the weather is always 80 degrees, okay. and I never get sunburn, and I get served trays of pineapple because I drink six of those a day. That's what I believe. That is my religion. Okay. Do you believe that I'm wrong? I mean, when you just that say way, it. Yeah. <laughs> like that probably won't happen. I'm thinking <laughs> it's not. Believe going. it, then just. Yeah. Well, what you what you what you're doing is you're actually practicing tolerance. Uh -huh. Okay, I disagree with you, but I don't hate you for it. If yeah. you want to think you're going to drink those and go to Hawaii, whatever. But it's but in order for you to be tolerant, we actually have to have a disagreement, and it's really not offensive to say somebody's wrong as long as you don't hurt them in the yeah. process. Okay, so maybe you're not entirely postmodern because you do identify some beliefs. I could be really sincere. And I, let's say I carry those things around with me all the time and I, I sing their praises and I really, really believe it. It doesn't matter how intensely I believe something. It is the object of my faith that is either true or false. Fair enough? Fair, yeah. So wouldn't that be true then if you're a Christian that you should be willing to say other religions are wrong? You don't hate them. You just yeah. think they're wrong. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, cool. All right, so if I asked you to once again, now I'm going to give you carte blanche. Tell me why I should be a Christian, Marissa. What would you say? Oh. Um, what would I say? What would I say? 
gosh, I was not prepared for this today. <laughs> okay. Let's turn the tables. Okay. I'll play the role of the Christian, and I'm going to try to persuade you. Okay. I like that better. Yeah, I do. So pretend you're a pagan, and I'll, I'll be a Christian. All right. Marissa, do you believe that God exists? Yes. You're supposed you're playing oh, a pagan. Oh, sorry, sorry. No. No, no. All right, just play Marissa. Okay, you believe that God exists. All right, so here's here's what I intuit about God. Okay. All right, that God is big because this place is big. Yeah. He's creative. He's intelligent. He's powerful. And I also sense that God must be just because we see justice systems. We see police. We see courtrooms and judges and jails. So God is just. And I think the book that best describes that God is the Bible. Yes. That he's big, creative, powerful, intelligent, and he's just. And that means that he's got laws. And I'm going to open up the laws of this creator, and we're going to see how you do based on his standard of justice. Okay? Okay. okay. Marissa, have you ever told any lies? Yeah. Uh, how many? Too many to count. All right. What do you call people who tell lies? Sinners. Liars, specifically. Yeah, okay, sinners. You're adopting some Christian language, but a liar. Okay. Have you ever stolen anything? Yes. Don't worry. (laughs) We don't have video footage of that. No, you're not. We're going to assume it was when you were a child and you just took some coins from (laughs) your parents' pockets. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Have you ever dishonored your parents? Um, Define dishonor. You were naughty. Yeah. Disobedient. Yeah. Didn't do what you were told. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you just hired your parents in that regard. Have you ever taken God's name in vain? Um. OMG. Oh, yeah. So I just opened up four laws and you confess to me. You're a liar, a thief. <laughs> yeah, I say it that way. Yeah. That right, well, right. <laughs> yeah. And just for the record, me too. Okay, yeah, me, me too. It's really all of us. We get that. All right, so if you've broken God's laws and he called you into his courtroom and said, you've got to give an account. And he had the books open on Marissa, your entire life recorded. Ugh. Think of it like this. This is one of the most horrifying thoughts. Yeah. We had a little computer chip. We put it on the back of your head. It recorded all of your thoughts. Oh, no, it gets worse. And then we called the entire student body together on the village green with a big projector. And we put that chip and we showed everybody what you've been thinking for one week. How would you feel? All right. So God's got a computer chip on your brain. He knows your thoughts. He knows what you do, what you think, what you don't do. All of it. He's staring at your record. Innocent or guilty. And stop. Well, actually, let's say pause because we're not stopping. We're not finished yet. This conversation with Todd and Marissa is not over by a long shot. So we're going to take a quick break. Three minutes. That's how long we're going to be gone. Just enough time to stretch your legs and get a snack. But stay tuned. Stay with us. We'll be back with more from Todd's conversation with Marissa as they dive just a little bit deeper into their conversation. And trust me, you're not going to want to miss the rest of this. Stay tuned. Three minutes. We'll be back. Witness Wednesday, Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa. 
And the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today. So I want to talk to you about something pretty serious and it's not my unibrow it's actually about becoming a gospel partner i know what you're thinking jimmy i love your content but i'm not sure about this whole giving money thing well let me tell you becoming an ongoing wretched gospel partner is like the christian version of winning the lottery instead of winning the money what you're going to get is the satisfaction of knowing you're helping us spread the life-changing gospel of our lord jesus christ to millions of lost souls all over the world and let's be honest we could use a little more satisfaction you've been to the grocery store, you've seen the prices, or have you seen all this plant-based stuff they've got on the shelves? There's nothing satisfying about that. But seriously, let's get serious for a moment. We could not do what we do here at Wretched without our faithful and generous gospel partners. So why not join the team? Become an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel Partner today just by visiting wretched.org slash donate. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. Confession, normally numbers aren't my favorite subject, but these numbers make me happy. MediShare is affordable biblical health sharing with twice the satisfaction rate of MediShare members versus traditional health insurance plans. The average family saves $500 per month. Over $3 billion worth of medical bills have been shared among MediShare members, which, by the way, MediShare has been around for a quarter of a century. Don't forget, telehealth is available at MediShare, and it will take you two minutes to receive a quote to see what you and your family could be saving every single month with MediShare. Affordable biblical health sharing. Please spend a very worthwhile two minutes at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Have you ever felt like you're on an emotional roller coaster? Well, saddle up, buckle up, strap up, whatever it is you prefer. Just tune in to Transformed with Dr. Greg Gifford. It's the podcast you quite possibly have been waiting for. Trust me, this podcast, it's a game changer. And it must be for me to say game changer because I loathe that phrase. New episodes, they drop every Saturday morning at transform.org slash podcast or wherever you usually listen to podcasts. Important dates in Christian history. 1095. Pope Urban II launches the first crusade to reclaim Jerusalem from Muslim control. The crowd wildly shouts, God wills it. 
There would be several crusades over the next centuries, with many tragic results and consequences lasting for centuries. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. Hey, I'm Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd out on campus at Kennesaw State University, where he was just speaking with Marissa. Before the break, Todd had just shared the foundations of the Christian faith. So let's jump back out to the campus now and see where the conversation heads next. So if you're guilty, what should God do with you? Reward you or punish you? Um, I don't know. I feel I may be guilty, but I feel like I make up for it in some type of sense. So I, I, I understand that. But if let's just say that I had stolen your drink and I think and your cell phone and your money and I stood before a judge and you're sitting in the back in the whatever they call the audience watching in the courtroom and I stand before the judge and you know I took your stuff and I say judge I know I've taken Marissa's stuff but I've done some good things I've been kind to people and um, and I don't beat up little children you should let me go and let's say the judge said you're right you're free to go how would you feel bad like that's my stuff yeah, that's not just. All right, so good deeds don't pay for my crimes. Justice must be satisfied. I owe justice because I've broken the laws. So if you've broken the laws, should God reward you or punish you? Well, with your example, probably punish. Yeah. And I think I think we get that. It's pretty easy to actually, we see that with other people. It's just kind of hard to imagine it for ourselves. But if we're honest, if we kind of get downwind from ourselves, we know we aren't always kind. Sometimes we can have bad thoughts. We can be unjustly angry at somebody. We can be racist, sexist, agent, whatever. We can just not have pure thoughts. And God must punish them. Otherwise, he's not just. But... Marissa, there's another component of God, if you will. He's merciful, he's gracious, and he is good, and he's filled with loving kindness, and he doesn't like sending people to hell. He prefers forgiving them. But there's a problem here. Do you feel the tension? All right, God must be just, he's gotta punish, but God is merciful and he wants to be forgiving. But if he just lets guilty criminals go, he's not just. And if he just sends everybody to hell, then he's not merciful and forgiving. So the tension of that scenario was broken when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who kept all of the laws, never dishonored his parents, never was racist, sexist, never had a filthy thought, never looked at a woman with lust, was pure in every regard. And he died on a cross, not as a victim, but as a volunteer taking the punishment for your sins. It's as if Jesus took your rap sheet upon himself and was seen as the guilty criminal. God poured out his wrath on him on the behalf of sinners like you and me so that if we'll turn from our sins, put our trust in Jesus Christ, he says, my work on the cross will pay for your crimes against God. And therefore your court case can be dismissed because of the work of Jesus Christ. That is why I would try to persuade you, Marissa the Pagan. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) It's all about justice, that you can be reconciled to God. And there's something in our conscience that goes, I need that reconciliation. Something's wrong here, and I know it. 
And if I died, it might not end well for me. But God has made a way for us because he's rich in mercy. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. John 3, 16. You've seen that on the football stadiums, the signs? I have. Right? You ever seen it in the end zone that people are holding up the signs that say John 3, 16? That's what that verse is. Because God is so loving, he sent his son to die for us sinners. That is outstanding good news. And that means God is loving and just and good. And he actually desires a relationship with people who are rebels against him because that really puts on display how amazingly kind he is. So Marissa, I would encourage you to believe in that God because he's been that good. Your response would be? He persuaded me. You're in. I'm in. So let me ask you a question, Marissa. I asked you to persuade me. Oh, All right. But my question is, are you persuaded genuinely of what I just said to you is true? As, am I going as me or as... In- you're, you're, you're now you. Okay. We, we took you out of the... You're no longer a pagan. You're you. Okay. I I would say, yeah. I think you worded that in a way that I feel like not everyone, but people want to feel like and be. So I think it's great. Yeah. All right. Here's a quote from Jesus. Unless a person is born again, she will not see the kingdom of God. Okay. That's like, wait, what? You're not going to see the kingdom of God unless you're born again. So what does it mean to be born again? Isn't that when, um, I'm drawing a blank on the name, sorry. The water. Baptism? Baptism, yes. What about it? When, that's, yeah, when you get reborn, right? I would suggest that that's a picture of being reborn, but that's not what makes you reborn. Okay. Baptism is a picture that we die to self and then we're brought to life by God. So you get dunked in some water, you go down into the water and you're raised back up. It's a picture of being born again that a man or woman realizes, you know what? I am not a good person. Truth be told, I'm a bad person and I do deserve God's eternal punishment. But I'm sorry for my sins. I turn from my sins and I believe in Jesus Christ's promise to save me a sinner and that he won't cast me out and that he'll actually receive me and adopt me. I believe that. That's what it means to be born again. You die to self, your way of living, and you're raised a new life in Christ. Would you say that you are born again? Um, I don't know. I feel like since since covid i feel like i've strayed from it a little bit but so i would say i haven't been born again but i feel like at one point definitely at one point you were yes now you're not i wouldn't say i'm not but so do you remember a time when you really were like yikes i'm in danger i'm in big trouble god have mercy on me a sinner and you humbled yourself before him and you knew that he saved you. Have you ever experienced that? Um, a little bit. I'm a while ago. I went through like a hard time with like my grandparents passing away and stuff. And I did ask for help. And I feel like there was like it boosted me back. I feel like it, there was help given. Well, my encouragement to you would be this. 
to consider the value of your soul. So if I asked you, for instance, Marissa, I'd like to buy your eyes. I want to have them surgically removed and I'm going to give you $5 million. Would you take it? No. Why not? $5 million? Well, I'd rather see, so. Yeah, exactly, because <laughs> your eyes are precious and that's right. But your eyes are just the window to your soul. Your soul is way more valuable than $5 million. And Jesus says, what does it profit a woman if she becomes a nurse, has a family, lives in the suburbs, but she loses her soul? It's not a good trade. So my encouragement to you today, Marissa, because I, I, I certainly couldn't do it. I can't get into your heart, but you can. <clears throat> Ask yourself the question, have I really humbled myself, died to self, and really put my faith in Jesus Christ as my savior, my God, and the one that I want to follow, not just because I don't want to go to hell, but because I want to know the God who actually died to rescue me from hell. So would you do that examination today? And if you conclude, you know what, I haven't, then Jesus has a promise. If you come unto me, I will not cast you out. He saves to the uttermost. He'll completely forgive you, completely cleanse you, adopt you, and bring you into a relationship with himself. And that's going to color the rest of your life so that when you're taking care of sick people, you're going to be doing it because you have been healed by the great physician. That's what motivated early Christians too. God's been kind to, <clears throat> God's been kind to me. I want to be kind to others. And it's just gonna, it's just gonna make your whole life have meaning and transcendence and purpose. So we're complete strangers. Okay. You were kind enough to talk to me. Would you please consider what I've been saying to you today? Yes, I would. Fair enough. What more could I ask for? Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Now, that was a bit of a roller coaster of a conversation, but it was encouraging because when it came to the question, are you persuaded? Marissa said yes. So let's all be praying for Marissa that God would continue sending people into her life, sharing the gospel. Well, we are not finished yet. Nope, not by a long shot. We're only halfway there. So stay tuned. More Wretched Radio is coming up. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start today in the world of academia. This is a fun story. George Washington University trying out a brand new nickname after receiving complaints that the moniker Colonials is extremely offensive. The university thought best to switch gears. The new name they've chosen is, huh, gonna love this one, the Revolutionaries. Yeah, they seem to be having an identity crisis at George Washington University. Now shifting gears to politics, our favorite subject around here. No, not really, but an interesting development in Louisiana where a Republican there has blocked a bill that would have banned transgender surgeries for children. That's more than an interesting development. That's rather surprising. He seems to be fighting his own party on this one. Well, over in the Big Apple, that's New York City, a professor that got herself in quite the predicament last week. We told you about it. She attacked and defaced a pro-life student table. Well, after some less than stellar interactions with pro-life student volunteers, she was fired for reportedly threatening a reporter with a knife. Now she's looking for a job. <laughs> she sounds like she's going to be a great addition to anybody's staff. 
Now to Indiana, where a pastor is urging his fellow shepherds across the U.S. to sign a pledge against wokeism. Essentially, he's calling for a wake-up call, you know, from being awoken to the societal trend of being woke. I don't know. I confuse myself with that one. But anyway, he's asking for pastors to sign a pledge against being woke. And finally, we head overseas to Scotland, where it seems that the Church of Scotland is going through a dry spell. Since the year 2000, the whole church-wide membership of the Church of Scotland has been cut in half. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. We've got more Wretched Radio straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Titles of Christ In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who He is and what He has done. Jesus is called the Seed of the Woman. Immediately after the fall of man, God promised a Savior who would be the offspring of the woman. Jesus was born of a virgin, a divine Savior born of the Seed of Woman. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And welcome back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. I am Jimmy Hicks in the studio. Todd's been out on the campus of Kennesaw State University this week. Just finished a conversation with Marissa. So who's up? Who's on deck? Only one way to find out. Cameron, I would like for you to explain to me why people in your age group are not getting married these days. Have you, have you observed that trend? 63% of young men between the ages of 18 and 30 aren't married. They're getting married much later and not at all. Why do you think that is? I would imagine that's because they were raised to believe that they need to take their time uh, and just maybe grow their wealth first before they can provide for a family or something like that. Either that or they're just nervous. You know, that's one of the words that I, nervous, I, I actually read the word, they're afraid of it. Does does that sound right? Yeah, that could be true. Very true. I think it's like social media as well. It has an impact because everybody's just so like focused on themselves. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah, I think, you know what else I think it is about social media between you and me? I think pornography is a problem. Could be, definitely. I mean, I don't know how many people are into that, but... uh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Could be. Could yeah, because they expend all their energies on pixels and not on a person. That drive kind of motivates men to find a woman. But if you got porn, so I think I think you're spot on with your observations. Do you desire to be married? Uh, I think so in the future. Uh, honestly, I would say around the same age as everybody else, um, around like 30 or something. So, so here's a question for you. Marriage. What's the significance of marriage? The, uh, I guess is yeah, as significant as any other relationship. It's just you have a stronger bond, maybe build something together. Uh, and just, yeah, I mean. What's the purpose of marriage? Uh, to, you know, take care of something that you, to have something that you've never had, I guess, and experience new things because you can build like a family, go different places and stuff like that. You know, I mean, if you're combining your wealth and your knowledge together, you can, you know, make something pretty awesome out of it. Let me, let me share with you why some of the, the, the reasons that marriage is an institution that has endured for all of human history. 
it's a partnership like you were describing. You know, you get to be with another person and always have somebody around and accomplish things together as opposed to separately. So I think I think there's partnership, procreation, make babies. I think pleasure in intimacy, that that's something to be enjoyed between a man and a woman. Um, I would also say it's a picture that the institution of marriage is a picture of a greater spiritual reality. Did you go to church as a kid? Uh, I did. Yeah. Do you still go to church? Uh, I've been trying to get back into it, actually. I just went for the first time in a couple of years last weekend. Really? How come you went back to church? Uh, I don't know. I just wanted to get back into it. I kind of missed the feeling of going there, maybe learning something new each weekend and, you know, just being a part of something. You know. Yeah, community is an important thing that I think is lacking for a lot of people. I think church is a great place to find that. So would you call yourself a Christian? I would, yeah. How come you're a Christian? Uh, probably because my parents were, and they just kind of instilled that in me, you know. If you had to explain to me a stranger, why should somebody become a Christian, what would you say? I would say if you want to believe that there is God, you know, that he exists, if you want to have some clarity in life uh, and have some answers to some questions that are very hard for other people to answer, it's a good place to start, you know. Now, what if I said to you, Cameron, you know, for the most part, I think I got it sort of figured out. Um, I'm following this religion. Life is working out. I don't really have any questions. Would there be any other reason for me to consider becoming a Christian? Uh, if you just want, you said, can you repeat that one? In, in, in shorthand, why should I become a Christian? What's the main reason? Uh, for guidance. Uh, yeah, it's part of them. And, and if I said to you, though, I, I've got guidance and things are working out. I'm a gazillionaire. I've got a mansion and a boat. So is there anything else? Uh... I mean, I went to this church service last weekend. He was discussing faith and grace. Uh, and he was just discussing how grace is like getting the things that we don't deserve. And because, you know, since we're humans and we're not perfect, uh, we mess up a lot. And, you know, I think having something to believe in and knowing that there is an answer and uh, a solution to the problems that you face, you know, it, it's good for you. It's good for you. Let me give this a go. And I'll explain it to you. And we're going to tie this back into marriage. All right, so get ready. We're going, to, we're going to wrap up this whole thing. All right. I think the reason that somebody should consider the claims of Christianity is for multiple reasons. But the one that I would really zero in on is the issue of the conscience. A little courtroom in my brain that says... You have not done everything the way that you should, and you've done things that you shouldn't do. And this thing troubles me. So, for instance, if we looked at, like, the Ten Commandments, which is a moral code that I think is a pretty universally accepted one. I've told lies. Have you told lies? Sure. Stolen things. I've stolen things. Mm -hmm. Looked at a woman with lust. Yes, sir. Taking God's name in vain. Yes, sir dishonored parents that's right yeah see all of those things i know are wrong and i have a feeling that when i die i am going to have to give an account for those wrong things and i'm going to be held to account and i'm in big trouble 
I am in really big trouble because I have a sense of justice that tells me I am going to get throttled for being a really bad, not a good person, but for being a bad person. Do you think you're a good person or a bad person, Cameron? I'd say a good one. You're a good one, but you just told me you lie and lust and steal. How can you be a good person? Oh, I mean, I wouldn't call myself a bad person, nor would anybody else. Oh, I would myself. I, 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay, Matt, think of it like this. All right. I have a computer chip. Put it on the back of your head. It records every thought that goes through your brain for one week. Then we gathered the entire student body together on the village green. We took that computer chip, we put it into a projector, and we put all of your thoughts upon a big screen. What do you think people would think about Cameron? Would they go, he's a good person or a bad person? Well, in the sense of being a person, uh, I do stick to saying I'm good. But if the question is has a deeper meaning as, you know, like, am I a good Christian, you know, then that may be something different. You know, maybe I'm not the best, you know, that's why I would go to church and try to get involved and in, uh, strengthen my relationship with God, you know. So how, just help me to understand the difference. If you just admitted to me lying and stealing and lusting and dishonoring parents, wouldn't that make you a lawbreaker? A lawbreaker? Sure. I guess. Yeah. All right. So let's just say you died right now. The bench collapses. You you pass and you stand before God. And he's actually got that computer chip and he knows everything you've thought and everything you've done in darkness. Would he say that Cameron is a good person or a bad person? Guess we'll have to find out. Yeah. Would he say that you're innocent or guilty? Yeah. Guilty of what? Keeping his commandments. Uh, guilty, I guess. Yeah. I would admit that. I mean, we all have to admit it because we all do those things, right? So if God is going to sentence you because you're guilty, would he say, come into heaven or I need to send you to hell because you have broken my laws? What would God do with you? I would sure hope he lets me in heaven, right? Yeah. Yeah. The thought of the thought of going to hell is not not the one we like. I, I agree with you, but if he's just Cameron, that's what he has to do, because a judge who just lets criminals go is not a good judge. So God should send you to hell, and he should send me to hell, and he should send everybody else here to hell, right? But. God is rich in mercy and he's good and he loves forgiving people but there's a problem he loves to forgive people but he's also just so if he just forgives guilty criminals he's no longer just and if he just executes justice without ever showing mercy well then that would reveal that he's not loving so here's his plan he sent his son Jesus Christ the second person of the Trinity the Son of God took on human flesh just like yours and mine was a real man lived in real time never broke the laws always kept the commandments always obeyed his parents never looked with lust never lied or stole and then he allowed himself to be beaten 
and hung on a cross because something was taking place. Justice was being satisfied. God was pouring out his wrath on his son on the behalf of sinners like you and me so that our fine could be paid, justice could be satisfied, and a guilty criminal like you can be set free, not because you're a good person, but because Jesus Christ paid the debt that you and I owe for breaking God's laws. I wish I didn't have to do this, but time waits for no man. We've got to take a break, but we're not finished. We'll be back. There's still more conversation with Todd and Cameron from Kennesaw State University. They've been talking marriage, societal influences, and I'd be willing to bet it's going to get to the gospel. Stay tuned. We've got more from Kennesaw State University next. It's Witness Wednesday on Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. You know, what used to be a movie is now our sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault, but we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz, and they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2, tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny contemporary issues through a biblical lens helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. So, you're not convinced of the importance of training men to rightly divide the word of truth and fill pulpits internationally? Fine. Then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. It is so important, not just important, it's absolutely essential to have a trained expositor of the scripture in every church. When we read through the book of Acts, we can see that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, advances as the word of God advances. Would you please consider joining the Master's Academy International in filling empty pulpits with men who can exposit the scriptures and advance the kingdom of God? It's a magnificent ministry with a generational impact. Please learn more about supporting TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor. Wretched.org slash pastor for the Master's Academy International. Attribute. 
thoughts of God. God is omniscient, meaning He knows all things. He knows all things past, present, and future. God does not learn new information, and nothing takes Him by surprise. He knows what will happen, and is working all things for His glory, and the good of those who love Him. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And we are back to Witness Wednesday here on Wretched Radio. And just before the break, Todd and Cameron, we're knee-deep in a conversation about marriage. So let's get back out to the campus now and see where it goes from here. It's called the gospel. That's the good news that sinners, bad people like you and me, can be totally forgiven and receive everlasting life. And marriage, by the way, is a picture of that. Jesus Christ loved the church, died for the church, sacrificed for the church. When you get married, you're going to play the role of Jesus. And your wife is going to play the role of the church. So that the world looks at you in the way you treat her and they're going to go, that's what Jesus is like. That's what the gospel looks like. That's what marriage is also about. It's a picture of that reality. So here's my question for you, Cameron. You went to church as a kid kind of straight away you're feeling like maybe you belong back there again but going to church doesn't make you a christian do you know what makes you a christian jesus said that unless a man is born again he will not see the kingdom of god so this is like a really big deal we got to figure out what it means to be born again because if you're not you don't see the kingdom of god to be born again means you have got to die to be born again the bible says that we're dead in our trespasses and in our sins you and i when we examine our consciences in light of god's laws should realize i am a dead man walking i am on death row and i deserve god's temporal and eternal punishment But then you look at Jesus Christ who died for you a brutal death so that you could be forgiven and you run to him. You put your faith in him. And the Bible says that you'll be born again. You'll be raised to new life in Christ. So what it means to be born again is you stop saying you're a good person and you realize and admit, God, you're right. I am a bad person and I deserve your wrath. Have mercy on me, a sinner. And God promises to forgive you and cleanse you and adopt you and grant you everlasting life. Not based on you, but based on his son. So that God will look at you as if you were his son because he looked on his son as if he were you. That's called the gospel. So you must repent. You turn from your sins. Not to be, You don't become perfect, but it's like, you know, I don't want to do those bad things. I want to put my faith in Jesus Christ. And when you do, God says you'll be adopted into his family. That's what it means to be born again. So here's the big question as we sit on a bench. Are you born again, Cameron? I would think so. When did that happen? Uh, I guess when I decided to, you know, accept that I do need God in my life and uh, kind of just move forward on that. So, yeah. Mm. So you would say you've come to the place where it's like, I am a bad man. I'm a sinner. And you've called out to God for mercy. Mm. Yes. You've done that. That's right. Mm. So I'm going to see you in heaven. Is that correct? I hope so. Yeah. Hope I stick to it. Right. 
Well, the Bible actually says that if you are born again, uh, he's going to make you stick to it. It, he says, nobody will snatch you from my hand. He's got you. Nobody's going to pluck you away. Nobody. So people can't. You can't. Your sins can't. He's got you. Okay. And furthermore, just because a lot of people don't get this about now, how should you live? Do you know why as a Christian you should obey the law? Do you know why you should be good now as a Christian? A lot of people think, well, I've, I've got to do good stuff. Otherwise, God will be mad at me and he might kick me out. That's wrong. If you're in Christ, he'll never be mad at you again. When you got saved, when you were born again, it was an eternal declaration that said you are now justified. You are in Christ. You are hidden in his son. And you cannot get out of that relationship and you will persevere and you will endure and you will now seek to obey him, not in order to earn his favor, but because Jesus earned his favor for you. So now we just desire to please him because he's been amazing to us, not so that we can go to heaven, but because he's provided heaven for us. That's our motivation. All right. So here's a question. Cameron, do you think now, if you're born again, can you commit any sins that would cause God to not love you anymore? Well, it's, it being born again means that he wouldn't be mad or, I guess, not love me anymore. Uh, then I guess you said if I could commit sins that would make him not love me? Uh, I guess not. Nope. Nope. No. Somebody might hear that and go, hey, cool, that means I can do a lot of sinning because God's not going to deal with me for it. That would reveal somebody isn't really born again. That would be somebody who goes, cool, because I love sin and that's what I want to do. The real born again Christian goes, it is that very news that I could sin and God will still love me. That keeps me from doing that sin. Do you hear the difference in that? So, Cameron, we just met. I would love nothing more than to see you in heaven. The Bible says that it is good on occasion to examine yourself and see if you're in the faith. Okay? We don't want to do this all the time. But on occasion, you should actually go, am I growing in holiness? Am I loving the things of God more and more? and the bad things less and less. So I would simply challenge you to do that today because it sounds like you're trying to get things sorted right now and go to church. Make sure that you've been born again because Jesus talked a lot about people who are self-deceived, that there are people who proclaim they're a Christian, but they're not. So you want to make sure that you are. And the only one who can do that is you. I can't do it for you, but you can. So examine yourself. Have I really come to the place where I recognize I deserve God's wrath, but he sent his son to save me and I trust in him just like I trust a parachute to save me from a crashing plane. And if you haven't done that, if you haven't repented and put your trust in Jesus Christ, then today would be the day of salvation for you and you can be made right with God. Would you take me up on that challenge today? I would. Fair enough. All right. Well, that is almost all of the time we have. Almost. 
two things real quick. First of all, let's all be praying for Cameron. He was teetering there on the edge. And so let's pray that God continues to open his eyes to the truth that he heard today. And the second thing is we have some time left in the show. So hopefully Todd's got someone else to speak with. Tristan, you've given me five whole minutes, correct? Yes. What is hanging around your neck? A cross. Why? Because I'm a Christian. Would you be kind enough? I'm giving you full permission to say anything you want. I promise I won't be offended. Would you please persuade me to become a Christian? Yes. So because of Adam and Eve's sin, we have a broken relationship with God that we have no control over. We were born into iniquity. And because of that, we've all fallen short of God's righteous standard that he requires of us. Because of our sin, we're justly under God's wrath and condemnation. And because of that, when we die, if we don't have our sins atoned for or paid for, then we're going to be separated from him forever. And that's where the good news of Jesus Christ comes in, that God took on flesh and he lived perfectly according to all of God's laws, essentially a life that we cannot live. And he died on the cross, not for his sins, but for the sins of all who would believe in him so that through him, by trusting in him, we can receive the free gifts of forgiveness of sins and a righteousness not of our own, but a righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And he's the only way that we can be reconciled to God. So that's why I would encourage you to be reconciled to God through faith in him, because he's the only way. Uh, would you like to know why I'm speechless? Why? Because I've probably asked hundreds maybe thousands of people with crosses around their neck who could not tell me what you just told me. Wow, well, that's that's the power of God's grace, right? So I've got to know what church you go to. I go to North Star Church. What is it? It's a Baptist church. Uh, and your parents, are they Baptist? My mom is now, but I didn't grow up in a Christian church. Really? Yeah. So how did you figure all this stuff out? Well, in... 2021, I was a slave to sin, drunkenness, immorality, drugs, and I claimed to be a Christian, but I simply was dead in my sins. And God, through hearing the gospel, by the power of his spirit, made me alive and placed in me a desire to learn his word and to fellowship and to obey him. And he needed all this by his grace. Dude, you made my day. I mean, you absolutely made my day. I can't tell you sometimes it can be so disappointing that somebody who's wearing a piece of jewelry and that's all it is to them. And you were so articulate and you, your theology and your sensibilities are spot on, dude. Well done. Now that is a way to wrap up a Witness Wednesday. That's encouraging. All right. And that's all of the time we have for this week's Witness Wednesday. But we will be back out onto the campus next Wednesday. More students, more conversations, and more gospel presentations. We'll be back next Wednesday for more Witness Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow for more Wretched Radio. Until then, go serve your king.